0: Here's the question what in the world is going on in evangelical christianity that's that's kind of the question that's been stirring in my mind and i just like what's going on there's some there's some so we've been studying the book of malachi in the clifton park acts 242 group small group bible study group so we've been studying that and there's just some some really strong similarities and we talked about this a little bit there but it needed to get teased out a little bit more and so we're just gonna take a look at that for a second um so we'll go ahead and open in prayer here Heavenly Father, we come to you and we just um, thank you uh, for this time together. Lord, we ask that you would um, just lead us and teach us and guide us. That you would open our eyes of understanding um, that we could know you better. We could follow you more closely, Lord Jesus. Uh, please anoint this time, anoint this message. Bless this time, O oh Lord. Help your servant, please. I need so much help. So please, Lord, come and help and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. And so what in the world is going on in evangelical Christianity? So um, it just seems like there's some things that have maybe, you know, kind of recent events that, that, that kind of throwing people into a little bit of a tailspin. And what we're starting to see is just the standard evangelical Christianity that's happened starting to make a, you know, make a departure from one another. We're starting, you know, from like two, like a split. We're starting to, starting to see that. Um, so a couple examples of this. Beth Moore, um, recently she revised her one of her books, a 10 year old book, it's called Praying God's Word. And so she deleted a paragraph that singled out um, same sex sin as particularly Satanic. So she, she deleted that, she got rid of that paragraph. And then there was somewhere else that she um, you know, pointed to a scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, um, that calls out that specifically. And so she deleted that and she replaced it with another scripture that doesn't call that out as sin. Um, so in 2009, a decade ago, she wrote in the book that God's been showing me some things about sexual strongholds and incited promiscuity, pornography, homosexuality as undermining the sanctifying work of Christ. But now she's deleted that passage from the electronic version of her book um, that Homosexual homosexuality another deadly assault on the evil one in our society or of the evil one in our society. And um, she, she deleted a statement that said, God indeed can deliver you and deleted another statement that said, complete transformation is possible because God's word says so and because I've witnessed it with my own eyes. So Beth Moore got rid of all that, all gone. She doesn't want to hold to that any, any longer. And so some concerned you know, female teachers, got, Bible teachers sent a letter to her that said, um, we'd like to ask you, do you believe homosexuality is inherently sinful? Do you believe the practice of it is is compatible with holy Christian living? And then a couple other questions similar to that. And Bethmore hasn't responded. Isn't that interesting? She's got the ear of millions, probably tens of millions of Christians, and she won't say what 1 Corinthians 6 says. So, what that's called is teaching the Word of God partially, but not the not complete. So, Paul said, I've not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. So, Bethmore. Number two, Lauren Daigle. In an interview on the Ellen DeGeneres show, Um, They asked, is homosexuality a sin? Um, Daigle replies, I can't honestly answer that. I have too many people that I love that are homosexuals. Then she went on to explain that since she's not God, she can't say one way or another whether it's sin. Instead, people should just read the Bible for themselves and find out. Okay, I get it. She's young. She's really not that experienced, you know, in the faith. And she's on this big platform. She's afraid the platform is going to go away if she says what the Bible says. Um, But I don't know. I think that if we're asking her to give the position for Christianity, there's a problem with that. Um, or if she feels like it's okay to give the position for Christianity, there's a problem with that too. Number three, Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A cut donations to three groups that um, that are anti-LGBT groups, right? Groups that are aligned with 1 Corinthians 6. Salvation Army, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and another one, Paul Anderson Youth Home. And instead, they initiated donations to LGBT friendly um, you know, groups who, who march in LGBT parades in, in New York and so, so Chick-fil-A. Isn't that interesting? You, I thought they were like stalwarts and we're starting to see separation there too. The next one, Carrie Underwood. And so, her, she, so she said two years ago, our church is gay friendly. Above, above all, God wants us to love others. It's not about setting rules and everyone has to be like me. No, we're all different. That's what makes us special. We have to love each other and get along with each other. It's not up to me to judge anybody. Um, the prominent megachurch decided a few years ago to jettison historic biblical positions on marriage, homosexuality, and lesbianism. It fully supports the LGBTQ lifestyle and welcomes their full participation in every aspect of the church, including leadership. You see, are you, are you seeing the little, like these are the little threads and there's gonna be a fissure here that happens. I don't know how, how long it'll take, um and so somebody a blogger said the problem with tolerance is that when we accept people for who they want to be we neglect the person that Jesus made them to be like we're we're empowering people to be in a broken state we're we're saying not only can you be in that broken state but I'm going to support you to be broken And so we're, and so we're seeing these, so that's just some examples and I'm sure we could go and dig up some more, you know, mega churches that are going in that direction. And so it's like the world's upside down right now to to a lot of people. It's a, it's a time when evil and wickedness don't seem, don't seem to be judged, you know, and by the way, we are supposed to judge. Um, We're supposed to judge those within the church. Then, um, if you don't believe me take a look at the sermon um, do not judge except when you're supposed to judge we preached here about two months ago <clears throat> so it's so it's like today's a time when god seems to be kind of aloof like people christians are getting beat up left and right and it doesn't seem like god's really stepping in to protect to protect them to protect us the god's not really fixing my situation or my problem it's a time when religious people are religious in name only but not in lifestyle and so it's like God's not actively managing it's not like he's like really you know moving people or positions or you know in you know taking active correcting measures in people's lives or in situations and so what so what happens when you don't um you know discipline your kid the discipline isn't a bad thing it's to disciple it's to teach in a good way. the world uses it in a wrong you know connotation but it's to teach the kids the way they're supposed to live that's what discipline is it's 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 not bad it's good um but anyway, and so what happens when you don't teach your kids the right way to live? They end up just doing whatever they want, right? There's, there's no rules. Why follow any any, any rules? And so that's kind of like what we're seeing is God's not stepping in and judging, you know, those churches for that or, 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 or anything. And so evil is just increasing. And so in, 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 in Malachi 3, um, it's like God shows, you know, Malachi shows, shows what's going on there. And it's and it's it's the same kind of thing, um, it's and he says in three five it's because they do not fear me says the Lord of hosts. But those who feared the Lord, it says in verse, in chapter four, I'm sorry in, in in three sixteen, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who esteem His name. Mm-hmm. They shall be mine, says the Lord, on the day that I make them my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spares his only son who serves him. And then at that time, you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God, the one who does not serve him. And so what's going on right now is you've got people. So Christianity is this big melting pot and different people have different agendas. What it really comes down to is if a person is harboring a sin in their heart, that God's clearly made it known that he wants it to be changed. Um, then, we, then that person starts going into blindness. And then God gives them time to come out of it. He keeps calling to repentance. But if they don't, then they start getting, getting, getting blinded to the things of God. And then they start with this departure over here. But for those who feared the Lord, life back then with Malachi was constantly painful. Right, They were seeing the wicked be blessed. That's what it looked like. The people who were doing all the wrong, all the evil were getting promoted you know, we're, we're the wealthy ones, we're the ones, you know, in, in positions of power. And if you're walking in that kind of a society and you're living the the right way, then you're gonna get squashed. You're gonna get trampled. And on top of that, because you're living the right way, then that paints a target on your own back. And so not only do you get, you know, trampled by, you know, the big cows of Bashan coming along to, coming along to, to squash anybody in their way, but then they start taking aim at you too. All that because God wasn't like actively managing his people. So why was God not actively managing his people then? Why is he not like actively managing his people today? <clears throat> so I'll tell you why. This is, this is the thing that I was hearing. Um, this, is a, this is one of those times where God is letting things increase. It's kind of like the time in Noah's day where people did whatever they wanted to do. Noah was living righteously and the rest of the world wasn't. And God let them, he gave them over to their own, own devices. Why? <clears throat> because he's testing the hearts of people. He's testing the hearts of you, he's testing the heart of me, he's testing the hearts of, you know, that's more, he's testing the hearts of whoever. People who are in, you know, the church, he's testing everyone's hearts to see if they'll, you know, without correction, if if left uncorrected will they keep going on in evil devices will they keep going in that direction or or will they keep going on in you know righteousness and holiness second Timothy 3:15 yes and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution that's what happens in a time like today but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived so the consequences of deceiving somebody else is that you yourself get deceived by by choosing to willfully deceive somebody else? You yourself are, are 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 guaranteed to be deceived after that. That's the consequence. Or being hateful and hating one another. And so, I'll I'll, I'll just I'll just give you an example. Telling others that you've reached a a level of Christian maturity to where you're perfect and there's no um, possible sin that you could partake of. Well, that's deception. You're, just, you're intentionally deceiving other people, so you will be deceived yourself. And when, and when you do that, you're gonna go deeper and deeper into, into deception, into deceit. First John says that that person's a liar and the truth is not in them. And it doesn't matter how much scripture you can quote if your lifestyle doesn't match it. But there are some people whose hearts have this conviction, a certain stubborn conviction to live a holy life before the Lord. And to, and to stand and remain unbending from this wind of change that's coming along in, in, in Christianity today that we're seeing you know, some prominent people going in that direction. And so there's people who have this stubborn conviction to stand strong, to not go in that direction. Why? Because that wind that's blowing in that direction, that wind is the wind that separates the chaff from the wheat. That's the Lord that's the Lord's winnowing fan. So picture this. The wind is the prevailing order of the day, right? It's it's the way the news media, everybody articulates, you know, what right and wrong is, not necessarily in the church, but out in the news media and, or just in media in general. The lifestyle that's deemed acceptable to society, that's the wind. And when the wind blows on the church, some in the church are gonna go in the way of the wind. They're going to buckle and go in that direction. And some of the church are going to stay steadfast and be unbending to the wind. That's exactly how the wheat and chaff are separated. So, how, so so, this is what it looks like. They've got this big fan going. So they've got all this big pile of wheat that was plucked and thrown into a big pile. And now it needs to get separated from the outer husk. You know, the actual kernel that you can eat separated from the outer husk where there's no, there's no nutritional value. And so they go ahead and get this fan. They get this fan blowing like crazy. Windy days are great. You know, valleys where the wind blows through naturally. Hey, great place to put, um, you know, to put a winnowing, you know, area, a barn kind of thing. And so then they get this fan going. They get the wind going. And then they throw, the the wheat into the air, and the and the chaff gets blown away, and the wheat falls down because it's heavier. It's got it's got weight. It's you know it's weighty. And so. And so the wind is the prevailing order of the day. The wheat falls heavily to the ground without being changed or pushed or blown by the prevailing wind of the day. Matthew 3, 12, his, talking about Jesus, his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So the wheat's gathered into the Lord's barn, into the kingdom, but the chaff gets blown, gets blown out with unquenchable fire. So, so what should we do about this? How then should we live? Revelation 22:10. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. So, what's that about? Unjust is participating in sin and, 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 you know, like knowingly, not eliminating. God puts his finger on something in your life, he wants you to fix it and by not fixing it that's participating in sin that makes a person filthy but on the flip side when you observe God's divine laws then that's called righteousness and that the result of righteousness is you are holy you're you know sanctified that's the result of God's observing of observing God's divine law so how do you be righteous still how do you be holy still so first glance it seems like you like, like you can you can turn away from righteousness and turn to wickedness, but really what the verse says is, it says, it says the opposite. It says you're going to be whatever you already are. Let him who is unjust let him be unjust still. Let him who is filthy let him be filthy still. Let him who is righteous be righteous still. Let him who is holy be holy still. It's saying there's not changes that are that are going to be happening. But what if you decide you're not in the place where you want to be? What if you, there's things in your life that are keeping you from being you know, righteous and holy, well, now's the chance that you can fix that. Now's the chance where you can get to where you want to be. Because when the wind's blowing, then the chaff is going to get blown away. And if you don't have the weight of being grounded in righteous, holy lifestyle, then you will be blown away with the wind. So this is a time where hidden sins, things that you know are not pleasing to God, but you're participating in them anyway, it's a time to deal with those. Um, so... Cut off known sin. Uh, James 4, 7. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. Grace covers sins you've turned away from and sins you don't know about. It does not cover sins that you're participating in, you know, choosing willingly. Grace isn't for that. Why? Because you can't be headed towards Jesus Christ. And away from Jesus Christ at the same time. So if my life looks like this, I'm not following Jesus. I'm only in Christ when I do this, when I turn back around this way. Now I'm in Christ. As long as I'm following him, I'm in Christ. But when I choose to participate in sin and I'm not following Christ, I'm not in Christ anymore. And so and so cut off any known sin. Listen, listen to and study scripture as much as possible. So Jesus said, if, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Why? Because the word keeps changing, keeps, like it keeps changing our, our thinking. Like the wind's trying to blow us this way and the word of God corrects us and corrects us and corrects us again to help us to stand strong. That's why we've got Bible studies going on here. That's why I want everybody here at Sunday morning. I want everybody there at the Clifton Park Bible study and at the you know, Schenectady Bible study that's, that's starting out. I want everybody to be plugged in because um, there's so much teaching out there. And just to get teaching on the radio, hey, you have no idea what sin is in those people's lives. No clue whatsoever, no clue. It won't be until 20 years probably when a Bill Hybels thing comes out that you finally realize, oh, that stuff he's been saying, I probably shouldn't have been listening to. And so for here, um, this is what I do. I, I don't listen to other people. I listen to the word of God. I go and I stand in his presence until I can hear him. And then that's then that's what I, then that's what I teach, that's what I preach. And I want the same commitment for you because to just, to just say something that you heard on the radio or heard on a podcast, that's not hearing from the Lord. That's being a parrot. Each church has their own message and their own messenger in the book of Revelation 2 and 3. Each church has. So what happened in the book of Revelation? You all know those seven churches. Um, there's a message for each church. What would happen if you mixed up messages? What happened if the church that's so undergoing persecution you changed the message and said and set the message to them saying, um, you know, you're you're lukewarm and you're a problem and God's going to come along and judge you? Would that be a great message to give to the church that's undergoing persecution and holding strong? No, it wouldn't. And what if you gave the message that's to the church that's you know practicing all this sin and you know sexual sin? What if you gave the message to that church that said, you're doing great, living for God, we're so proud of you. Would that, be, would that be a good message to get? No, it wouldn't. And so the stuff that you hear on the radio is for some other church in some other place. It's not for Arise Church. Because if you bring that stuff here, then how do you know what people are struggling with? Like maybe there's, maybe there's people who are trying so hard to break free from sin, but you bring in a grace, grace message, and all of a sudden they fall back into it because you just gave them the okay. You just keep on doing what you're doing, grace, grace. No, no, no! God's trying to break that sin from them, and how do you know? Well, you don't know. That's my point. That's why I don't bring in garbage from the radio. It might, there's some good stuff there. There's some garbage there too, and unless you're really discerning, you don't know which one's which. That's why we don't bring bring the word here from somewhere else. We listen to the Lord for ourselves. And then, last one: um, be a doer of the word. Be a doer, not a hearer. If you're so James one twenty two, be doers of the word not hearers only deceiving your own selves there's so many people who are listening to the word but they're not doing it god's trying to apply it to their hearts and their lives and they reject it and so they really they think oh i'm nobody knows well maybe nobody does know but god knows and they're just just deceiving themselves and it's going to catch up they're going to get blown away with the chaff The word of God works effectively in those who believe. That's 1st Thessalonians 2:13. So if you're a believer then hearing the word of God will cause you to make changes in your life. So what in the world's going on in evangelical Christianity? It's just like the prophet Malachi said You know, we just like him live in an upside down world where it looks like God's, you know, blessing, giving promotion to the people who are living in ungodly ways. And we're scratching our head and saying, I don't understand it. We're trying to live a holy life. We're trying to live God's way just like Jesus taught. But God seems aloof. Why isn't he coming and judging this? Why isn't he helping me in my situation? Why isn't he strengthening me? And it's so painful to the wheat because you've got a target on your back. And people shoot at the target with vicious words and hateful speech. And God isn't stepping in to answer your problems as quickly as you want. Or maybe it seems like God's not there at all. But understand the reason why is because God's allowing time to separate the wheat and the chaff. That takes a little time. So if you're wheat, then you stand strong. You get plugged in. You stay firm in following what 1 Corinthians 6 says. Don't back off it. If you're, if you're chaff, you're going to back off it. If you're chaff turn into wheat. <clears throat> and so and so what can we what can we apply for Malachi? We just put in a couple couple of those things. More than ever you need to gather together with, the, with a few others, just like in Malachi, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. feared the Lord means to obey his commands, it means to do what he says. They spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard them. and a book of remembrance was written before him for those that fear the Lord and who esteem his name. And he says, the day is coming, burning like an oven, chapter 4, verse 1. And all the proud, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. For them I will leave neither root nor branch. Like they're a tree, it looks like a big green tree that's just flourishing. They're not going to have root, they're not going to have branch, they're not going to have root, they're not going to have anything. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will shall arise with healing in his wings and you shall go out and grow fed grow fat like stall fed calves you shall trample the wicked for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this says the Lord <clears throat> and so that's that's just that's just uh, something that God showed me that he the,